Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. I sentence you to 16 years in prison. The judge banged his gavel on the table and the prison doors banged shut on Stephen Akpabio. Inside the prison cell, toxic thoughts tormented him. You loser, you're a failure. Look what you've done. You're an idiot. No one loves you. No one cares about you. Your life is over. You will never succeed. From outward appearance, it seemed as if the toxic thoughts were true. After all, Stephen Akpapi's life was nothing to speak about. Raised in the housing projects of London as a son of Nigerian immigrants, he found life tough and abusive. Stephen saw life as a jungle and thought he had to reach and grab what he could. So he left school and left home at the age of 15 and went out on the streets dealing drugs. But two years later, his father was killed in a car accident. Right after that, his sister died and Stephen Akpabio's life span out of control. Now, facing 16 years in prison, it seemed as if his life was over. But the worst prison Stephen faced was not the metal bars and the locked doors. The worst prison in his life was in his mind. No one believed in me, Stephen said. I didn't believe in myself either. But then a door of opportunity cracked open. You see, every prisoner coming into the British prison system is given an educational assessment to see whether it's possible that furthering their education could improve their lives. Stephen Akpabio was given the educational assessment. He had no qualification. He'd left school at 15, but to his shock and surprise, he did very well. Prison authorities saw his potential and encouraged him to enroll in the Open University. And Stephen Akpabio had a choice. Would he believe his past experiences? Would he believe his own doubts and fears? Would he listen to the toxic thoughts? Or would he change his mind and change his life? Stephen sat staring at the paper that showed his good marks on the educational assessment and made a decision that changed him. He enrolled in the Open University and began pursuing his first degree. But Stephen Akpabio didn't stop with one degree. When he was released from prison eight years later, he'd earned his first degree and two master's degrees as well. In fact, he was a PhD candidate when he was released from prison. Today, he's a lecturer in criminology at the Open University, and he goes back to the very prison where he was incarcerated and lectures other students. There's a powerful lesson for all of us in the true and inspiring story of Nigerian immigrant Stephen Akpabio. You see, when toxic thoughts fill your mind and control your soul, you become a prisoner. No matter how much potential you have or don't have, you become trapped by toxic thoughts. Toxic thoughts lead to a toxic life. For here's the truth you need to remember today. The life you live reflects the thoughts you think. But the good news for all of us is that God wants to give you a way to clean up your toxic thoughts. He wants to deliver you and renew your mind so that you can live a renewed life. In fact, that's the goal of our sermon today. By God's grace, with the Word of God, I'm going to help you clean up the toxic thoughts and enter 
the life God has for you. But before we learn how to do that, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you that you make no mistakes. We are not here by accident. We are not mistakes, but you've created us and formed us and brought us to this point in our destinies to help us clean up our thoughts and change our mind. I pray today as we stand on the edge of life transformation, you will come and move by the power of your Holy Spirit in us. We submit to you now. We bind every voice of the enemy that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to enlighten our minds, to come and show us the truth, to come and deal with our toxic thoughts and bring us renewed hope. We thank you by faith that at the end of today, your name will be glorified and our lives will be transformed. And we commit ourselves to you now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I want to encourage you to take a moment, join your faith with mine right now. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Welcome to Agape House. It's great to be here with you today. I'm so happy to be back home. I've been gone for a while, but it's good to be home in my favorite church in the whole world, Agape House. Come on and give the Lord a big round of applause. And I'm excited to be here today because we're starting a new sermon series called Toxic. Tell your neighbor it's toxic. Over the next month, we're going to be looking at the toxic substances that can bring harm to our soul. But we're not just going to identify them. We're also going to find God's solutions so we can clean up the toxic mess in our lives and learn how to live the life that God has planned for us. And I believe that that's why it's so important for you to pay attention and come every week for this sermon series. Because I promise you something, if you come every week and apply the truth to your life, you're going to see lasting life life change in your life. The things that God wants to do are going to become easy. They're going to get done in your life and you're going to be transformed. So let's dive in and learn the truth today. And to help us do that, we printed sermon notes. They look like this. They're inside your bulletin. So go ahead and take them out now and follow along with me as we discover three steps to clean up your toxic thoughts. We begin this sermon series on toxic with the subject of toxic thoughts because these are the most important, the most damaging and harmful toxic substance that we encounter. When you think about it, your thoughts control so much of your life and the main battlefield in your life is not outside, but it's in. Most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. There's a warfare going on and the battlefield is in your mind. In fact, that's what our scripture text for today tells us. It's found in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5. It's on your notes. It's on the screen ahead of you, but I believe God's word has the most impact when it's in our hearts and on our lips. So I'm going to invite everybody to read it out loud like you mean it. From the left to the right, from the back to the front, up in the balcony. Come on, teens, help me out. Let's read it out loud. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Somebody say divine power. Ready, go. Divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, divine power. 
Think about what the Apostle Paul is telling us here. First of all, he tells us you're in a war. Whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, every one of us is in a war. There are evil thoughts and toxic thoughts that are coming against us, and the main battlefield of this war is not in the heavenlies, it's not in the village, it's in your own mind. But the good news is Paul gives us a solution. He says God's got something to help you. He's got divine power that can tear down every toxic thought and clean up your mind so that you can achieve God's destiny for your lives. He tells us there's hope and we can experience a new life when we have a new mind. So today, let's begin with three steps to cleaning up toxic thoughts. And here's your first step today. Discover the danger of toxic thoughts. Listen to what Paul says in verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And so the first step to cleaning up the toxic thoughts in your mind is to identify toxic thinking and understand how dangerous it is. You've got to discern the error in order to get to the truth. To put it bluntly in simple English, it's time for you to start thinking about what you're thinking about. Tell your neighbor it's time to start thinking about what you're thinking about. You see, the fact is your life reflects the thoughts you think the most. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And the more you think a thought, the more it becomes incorporated in your life. The stronger the direction of your thought, it will move your life. For the direction of your life is determined by the thoughts you think the most. If you concentrate and focus on something, it becomes a part of you. That's why what stays in your mind stays in your life. I'll never forget as a child, I had the opportunity of visiting the beautiful nation of India. I was so excited to walk through the streets of Delhi and to visit the pink city and to see the Taj Mahal. But one of my greatest memories was the opportunity I had as a child to ride on the top of an elephant the way you ride a horse. It was amazing. Now, I don't know, have you ever met an elephant face to face? These are really, really, really big animals. In fact, it's not unusual for a baby elephant to weigh 120 kilograms at birth. Hey, that's more than most of you weigh. A young elephant can weigh 120 kilos. The biggest elephant they ever discovered was a male elephant in Angola, weighed 12,000 kilograms. He needed a diet. 12,000 kilograms. His shoulder height was 4.2 meters. So when I talk about elephant, I'm talking about big. I'm talking about huge. I'm talking about the biggest animal on land in the world. And as a child, when I went up and stood next to the elephant, I was like looking at a skyscraper and I was very nervous. I knew if that elephant turned and stepped on me, I was dead meat. So I was afraid. And I saw something that I could hardly believe. When I got up to the elephant, I said, but the elephant might turn and stump on me. And they said, no, look. And they showed me a twine rope tied around the foot of the elephant, tied to a wooden stake stuck in the ground. I said, but that rope, that stake is not more powerful than the elephant. The elephant can easily snap the rope and break the twine and go away and stop me and I'll be dead meat. 
They said, well, let me tell you something about the elephant. When the elephant is a baby and very young and weak, they tie that same twine rope around his leg and put it on a wooden stake and stick it in the ground. And when the baby elephant is young and weak, it will try to pull and break free. It will pull and break free. It will pull and break free. But because it's young and weak, it cannot break the rope and get free. And a habit pattern of thinking begins to develop in its mind. They will tell you the elephant will try 10,000 times to break free, but he can't overcome. And he develops a thinking that says, I can't break free. I will never get away. He develops a negative mindset. When the elephant grows up and he's strong and big and powerful, he doesn't even bother to try to break free again because he's got a habit of thinking in his mind that says, I can't break free. I will never be free. Simply put, the elephant's thoughts hold it captive. And sadly, the same weakness can be seen in most of us today. The negative thoughts of our past continue to hold us in bondage. We've grown up thinking thoughts of unbelief, thoughts of failure, thoughts of low self-esteem, thoughts of limitation. We've developed habit patterns of thinking negatively, and we're held back by our mind and our toxic thoughts. When we receive Jesus Christ as Lord, we have the power to be free. When we receive the Holy Ghost, we have the victory over every sin and every temptation. When we get the Word of God, we have the promises of God that will break us free. But many of us remain in bondage because our past thinking reflects in our present reality. So let me ask you some questions today. What thought patterns have you developed in life that are keeping you from breaking free in Christ? What lies do you think about yourself over and over again that keep you from victory? The problem of the elephant and the problem for most of us is what I call cognitive thinking bias. Cognitive thinking bias is simply this. Past experiences create a predictable reaction in our minds that affects our conduct today. Simply put, what happened before has created a habit of thinking that holds us back and affects our present-day reality. Negative mindsets begin to form, and when we face the same situation or the same circumstance or the same type of person or the same people that look a certain way, we react in the past. But here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. You cannot live a positive life with a negative mind. You can't live a victorious life with a defeated mind. You need to deal with the toxic thinking and break free. That's why Hebrews 3.1 says, therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest who we confess. Because when you fix your thoughts on Jesus, you have peace. When you fix your thoughts on Jesus, you have joy. When you fix your thoughts on Jesus, you have victory. When you fix your thoughts on Jesus, you have life. Somebody say amen. amen. Romans 8, 5, and 9 takes us even deeper in this pattern of reasoning. Listen, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives 
in you. So do you hear what God is saying to you today? If you focus your thoughts on sin, you'll become sinful. If you focus your thoughts on the Spirit, you become a spiritual person. What you think about controls your life. Tell your neighbor, it's time to start thinking about what you're thinking about. If you fill your mind with television all day, you become a very worldly person. If you sit on your phone for two hours before you go to bed and you look up all your rivals and all your enemies and you see their pictures and you see the friends they're with, you won't sleep at night. If you listen to the news about how prices are going higher, you'll be worried. Used to be we took a pocket full of cash to the market and brought a basket full of goods. Now we take a basket full of cash and come home with a pocket full of goods. Hey, Ghana, Rade. If you listen to all these things, you become nervous and afraid, and toxic thinking will take over. The fact is, your mind will be filled with what you think about. The fact is, some people have a problem, and some people are the problem. Which one are you? Because when you fill your mind with toxic thoughts, you are the problem. That's why it's time to start thinking about what you're thinking about, and it's time to get rid of your stinking thinking. What you think about controls your mind, but your mind controls your life. Toxic cleanup begins by discovering the danger of your toxic thoughts and asking God to search you. That's why David prayed in Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That brings us to our second truth today. Discern the difference between toxic thoughts and truth thoughts. See, you've got to begin by identifying those thoughts. And then secondly, you've got to discern the thoughts in your mind, whether they're true or not. That's how the Bible continues with us in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Truth thoughts at Agape House means simply what it says, truth thoughts, allowing your mind to be controlled by Christ and thinking is truth. So first you identify the toxic thoughts, and then you discern between the true thoughts and the wrong thoughts. Taking every thought captive means that you act as a policeman, you blow the whistle, and you arrest every thought, you handcuff it, you take every thought prisoner, and you put it in jail to make it obey Jesus Christ. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. You will either take your thoughts captive, or your thoughts will take you captive. God's goal for you is for you to bring every thought every day under the obedience of Jesus Christ and take it captive so that you can be free. But most of us have way too casual of an attitude about our thinking. We don't really think about what we're thinking about and we allow every toxic thought in our mind and we become hindered in achieving God's destiny. But your destiny hangs on your commitment to replacing toxic thinking with true thoughts. That's what we can learn from the children of Israel. Listen to what the Bible says about them in Deuteronomy 1-2. It is only 11 days. Somebody say 11 days. It is only 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Sear to Kadesh Barnea on Canaan's border. 11 days journey. Yet Israel took all. Israel took all. Israel took 40 
years. 11-day journey took 40 years to get beyond it. They were stuck in the wilderness. They were prevented from their destiny. There was a land of milk and honey waiting for them, a land of blessing, a land of opportunity. But what should have taken 11 days took them 40 years to get there because of one thing. There was one thing that blocked them from the promised land, one thing that kept them. It wasn't giants. It wasn't warriors. It wasn't lions and elephants. There was one thing that kept the children of Israel out of the promised land. I'll tell you what it was. It was ants. 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 I know some of you are thinking, Reverend, you've gone mad. The Bible doesn't say anything about ants. There were no ants that blocked the children of Israel from the promised land. But I'll tell you, it was ants that kept the children of Israel from the promised land. Because at Agape House, ants means automatic Negative thoughts. Every time they could have gone forward, automatic negative thoughts from their time in bondage and their time in slavery presented toxic thinking that blocked them from the promised land. Ants kept the children of Israel out of the promised land, and ants are keeping you from your destiny. What are some examples of ants? Well, let's look at the children of Israel. The first one is victim mentality. This is, I'm a victim of my past. I'm not to blame for being the way I am. It's the devil's fault I'm like this. Other people are the problem. A victim mentality never takes responsibility. And this is such a common habit with man. We can trace it all the way back to Adam and Eve. Turn your notes over to page two and consider what it says in Genesis 3. The man Adam said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. So God says, Adam, you sinned. And he starts blaming the woman. It's not my fault. I'm a victim. Then God turned to the woman and the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. The woman begins to blame the devil. And so it is from Adam and Eve to now. The man blames the woman. The woman blames the man. Everybody blames the devil. But the fact is, it's a problem inside of our way of thinking. So many of us have this same problem today. We come in and we blame others and we blame God and we blame our circumstances. That's what happened with the children of Israel. Listen to Numbers 21. But the people grew impatient with the long journey and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink. And we hate this horrible manna. Understand what they're saying here. This is a God who brought them out of bondage. This is the God who delivered them from Egypt. This is the God who brought them out of slavery and gives them food and gives them drink and gives them manna every day. They had everything they need, but they start to complain and blame God for their own unhappiness. They blame God. Now that same thing works for many of us today. Many of us have victim thinking. Maybe you've even been defeated by victim thinking. It goes like this. I was raised in a poor village. I come from a poor family. I never had any opportunity. The barriers in my path are so great, I can't make it. There's nothing good that's happening to me. I'm a victim. It's not my fault. But let me tell you about a man who was so poor that to get to primary school, he had to walk through the bush barefoot. He had no opportunity, no advancement, no possibilities, no one to help him. But he rose to become president of Nigeria, a man named Good Luck Jonathan. The world is full of stories of people who had nothing to begin with but made something out of their lives. So stop feeling sorry for yourself and start making something of yourself. Stop letting ants 
defeat you. Because I'm here to declare to you today, that was then, this is now. You may have started poor, but you're not poor today. God has blessed you. That was then, this is now. You may have been neglected as a child, but you're not neglected today. You are loved. You are cherished. You are cared for. That was then. This is now. People may have opposed you then, but I tell you there's a God on your side who's fighting for you. That was then. This is now. And when you come into Jesus Christ, you've got a new life and a new opportunity. So don't let the ants defeat you. God has a better plan for your life. A lot of us have a victim mentality. We're so focused on the barriers, we don't even try. You're not even trying at work. You're not trying in life because all you see are the obstacles based on your past experience. And so rather than take responsibility, you start laying the blame. You say it's your boss who's to blame. He doesn't like you. You blame your coworkers. They're not from the same tribe as you. You blame the devil that someone's doing witchcraft against you. You blame everybody and anybody but yourself. But the fact is you're not doing a good job. You come late. You leave early. You don't do what you're told. And you don't do a good job. <clears throat> it, if you want me to go back to U.S., I will. But let me tell you about a man who was truly oppressed. A man who had potential talent, education, was blocked by the people in power from making any progress simply because of the color of his skin. Let me tell you about a man who was put in prison because of racism and hatred. But he didn't become bitter. He became better. And Nelson Mandela rose to become president of South Africa. You may have come from a poor family. You may have had limited opportunity, but that was then. This is now. Your past will not determine your future. Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, and he gives you new life. So lift your hand and say, I am not a victim. I am a victor. Because, see, my Bible says in Romans 8, 37, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I declare that you are more than a conqueror. So put ant poison in your mind and let the word of God overcome because you're moving to the next level and you're soaring higher and nothing can stop you. If you believe it, say amen. That's not the only type of ant that kept the children of Israel out of the promised land. The second type of ant is what I call loser mentality. It says this, I'm a loser. I don't deserve God's grace. Nothing good will come to me. And that's what the children of Israel said. Listen to Numbers 13. We can't attack these people. When they got to the promised land, they looked at the people and said, they are stronger than we are. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. So their toxic thinking affected their self-esteem. And they said, we're losers. We can't win. We can't do anything. But what about the God who delivered you from Egypt? What about the God who killed Pharaoh? What about the God who defeated the Egyptian army? What about the God who carried you through the wilderness? What about the God who took you out with gold and silver and plunder? What about the God who promised you the promised land? A loser mentality is focused on the can't, but the winner mentality mentality focuses on the can. Apart from him, we can do nothing, but we are not apart from him. Many of us have a loser mentality today. 
For some of us, it works like this. Your mother died when you were young. Your father remarried, and your stepmother hated you. She's a witch, and she tried to oppress you and block you, and you developed a mindset that says, nobody loves me. Nobody listens to me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody thinks of me. I am invisible. I don't matter. And you've allowed that to affect you everywhere you go, in every relationship, in every job, in every church. You feel abandoned and rejected, and you say, I'm just an orphan. But listen to me, friend, that was then. This is now. You may have been an orphan, but you were adopted by God. You may have been rejected by people, but you are loved and redeemed by Jesus. You may be overlooked and obliterated and oppressed by others, but you have a God in heaven who cares about you, who calls you, who embraces you, who's destined you, who's got a plan for your life. You're not a loser because God loves you. That was then. This is now. Let me tell you about an orphan girl who was so destitute she had nothing. She was living as a foreigner in a foreign land. She had no opportunity, no goods, no home, nobody to care for her. It seemed like her parents had gone and left her abandoned. Only her uncle was looking after her. But God looked down at that young girl named Esther and raised her up to become the queen of a foreign kingdom. And God is going to take you from where you've been and raise you up to a new level. It doesn't matter where you came from. It matters where you're going. The Greek philosopher Aristotle was an orphan. Caesar Augustus, the Roman emperor, was an orphan. The great composer Johann Sebastian Bach was an orphan. J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of The Lord of the Rings, was an orphan. Steve Jobs, co-founder of Apple, was an orphan. Three United States presidents, including Bill Clinton, were orphans. You may be an orphan in the world, but you are loved and adopted by God. So lift your hand today and say, I'm not a loser. God loves me. Because I'm here to declare to you, you're an object of God's love. You are the apple of his eye. You are valuable in his sight. He died to redeem you. He died to embrace you. He died to save you. And Romans 8 says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Shout. I am loved. So get that toxic thinking out of your mind. Stop living like a loser and start living like a child of God. You're not a victim. You're not a loser. And you're not a martyr. See, the martyr mentality says, poor me. Everyone else has a better life than I do. I am suffering and God doesn't care. And you can see this in the children of Israel. Listen to what they said in Numbers 14. Then the whole community began weeping aloud. <laughs> and they cried all night. Nobis Martino. If only we had died in Egypt. What? Or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our children will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Oh, my God. Are you serious? 
You were slaves. They were whipping you and chaining you and killing your children. And you said you would be better in slavery than in the promised land of God. What are you thinking? But many of us have this type of martyr mentality. Oh, God, nothing is going well for me. I didn't get Uber on time. Oh, God, the network has cut me off. Oh, God, nobody liked my Facebook selfie. Excuse me. Excuse me. Right now, there's famine in northern Kenya. People are dying. They estimate one million children will die of starvation in Kenya. Right now, there are wars in Ukraine, Ethiopia, Yemen. Excuse me, there are people being persecuted for their faith in Christ right now. And you're complaining because the network isn't working. May God have mercy on us for complaining, grumbling, murmuring. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and start rejoicing in the Lord. Stop looking at your past and envision your future. Stop making excuses and start making an example to others. Lift your hand and say, I am blessed and highly favored. See, I'm the person that will inspire others. The fact that I came from a poor background will give God all the more glory when I become rich. The fact that I was an orphan will make all the more difference when I have a family. The fact that I was losing before will make God's glory greater when I overcome and win. The fact that I was nobody, nowhere, will bring God greater praise when I become CEO and president of my own company. The fact that I was losing before will give God greater glory. When people see I'm blessed and highly favored. For Romans 8 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And you may think you don't have much, but let me tell you today, you have a Savior who cares for you. You have a Jesus who died for you, who washed away your sins by his blood and put his spirit inside of you. You've got a Father in heaven whose ears are always open to your prayer. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You've got the promise of God's word. You've got the promise of eternal life. You've got victory and blessings. You've got everything you need for life and godliness. Say, I'm blessed and highly favored. You're not a victim. You're a victor. You're not a loser. You're loved. You're not a martyr. You're blessed and highly favored. And you've got to substitute those negative ants and put in the truth of God's word. That's why David said in Psalm 119, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And that brings us to our third step today. Discipline yourself and develop the mind of Christ. Discipline yourself so that the true thoughts can take control. That's why 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Say divine power. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. And here's what the Bible's saying. You're in a war. There's a battle. And the battlefield is your mind. But you can possess the land because you've got divine power. You've got spiritual weapons. You've got the anointing and the power. 
power of God. You don't just need to deal with the toxic thoughts. You need to put God's true thoughts inside of you. By faith, begin to practice God's word and discipline your mind, and you will soar. That's the lesson we can learn from the African impala, one of my favorite animals. It's known for how far and how high it can leap. In fact, an African impala can stand on the ground there and leap as high as the top of my head. It can leap from here to the windows. It can leap 30 meters in one leap. You would think because the African impala can do such great feats of jumping and leaping that there would be no enclosure you could build that would keep it in place. But surprisingly, you can build a fence wall one meter high and keep the impala inside. Even though it has the physical ability to jump over the wall, the impala will never jump when it cannot see where its feet will land. And even though the impala can jump over the wall, if the wall blocks its view from the other side, the impala will never jump. And that's how... Many of us are held back from God's destiny. Even though we've dealt with toxic thoughts and even though many of us are purifying our mind, we've failed to take on the true thoughts of Christ's mind. And because we don't see what God sees, we don't do what God says. We're hindered from jumping out into the next level because our mind is not filled with true thoughts. The fact is God created you to soar. God created you to reach new heights. God created every one of us in this room, myself included, for more than what we are currently experiencing. But we have to have the mind of Christ to achieve it. That's why Philippians 2.5 says, think as Christ Jesus thought. In other words, let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. But here's the guarantee and promise I give you. If you will fight those giants in your mind, if you will fight every day and every week and every month to overcome those toxic thoughts and you'll begin to replace them with the mind of Christ, you begin to replace them with the thoughts of Christ, you will experience lasting life change. You will see God come in and you will reach new heights and enter the promised land. The problem for many of us is that we want to change our status and our circumstances but we're not willing to change our thinking. But you have to change your mind, change your thinking, remove the ants and replace it with the true thoughts. For the Bible tells us that if we keep our mind on Christ, we'll succeed. That's why Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep the man in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Scientists tell us that every one of us thinks 70,000 thoughts every day. Young and old, rich or poor, black or white, we all think 70,000 thoughts a day. Interestingly enough, they also tell us that women speak 80,000 words a day. I don't know what that means. I'm just saying facts. I'm just, we think 70,000 thoughts and women speak 80,000. Never mind. It's, I'm going to need a ride home after church. I, I'm in trouble now. But 70,000 thoughts every day. 70,000 opportunities to arrest toxic thinking and bring it into the obedience of Christ. 70,000 opportunities to win a victory, 70,000 opportunities to develop the mind of Christ. And if you will discipline yourself, you will develop the mind of Christ. You have 70,000 opportunities every day to grow and become like Jesus. So don't stay in the wilderness. Enter the promised land 
change your thinking and receive the mind of Christ. For right thinking over time equals lasting life change. You will change. Your life will be transformed. You'll become everything God wants you to be. You'll enter a land of peace, prosperity, promise, and destiny when you let the mind of the master become the master of your mind. That's why Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of mind. Maybe you're here today and you're like Stephen Akpabio. You're bound in a prison of toxic thinking based on past experiences. Today, discover the danger of those thoughts and begin to examine your thoughts in the presence of the Lord. Pray, God, search me and see what thoughts I need to change. Maybe you're here today, you're like the children of Israel. You're bound by a victim mentality or a loser mentality or a martyr mentality. You grumble and complain. You can't enter the promised land because though God has destined you to be there, your aunt's automatic negative thoughts are keeping you out. Today, replace those thoughts with the truth of God's word. Discipline yourself. Maybe you're like the Impala. You've cleaned up your mind, but there's nothing new there. Mind of Christ is not a part of your thinking, but accept the mind of Christ. Develop the mind of Christ. Every day, bring your thoughts captive and let them conform to the Word of God so that you can leap higher and achieve everything God has for you. You'll enter a new life, a renewed life, a life of destiny when you deal with your toxic thoughts. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every man and woman, every boy and girl, we all face the same battle today, Lord. We all face the same warfare in our mind. And I pray today that rather than focusing on spiritual warfare or the witch in the village, we'll concentrate today on winning the battle of our minds. I pray today, Lord, that you'll convict us of every toxic thought. Show us the ants that have penetrated our thinking. Help us, Lord, to see the truth the true thoughts that you have for us and let us discipline ourselves every day to bring every thought captive to your obedience that we will develop the mind of Christ and soar to new heights. Help us clean up our toxic thoughts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The hope of God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House, New Testament Church in East Lagon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30, 9.30 or 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience. We're here